Welcome to Huddle Up, brought to you by the Fields Huddle Group. Jaguar senior writer John Osher, NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks, and senior reporter J.P. Shatterick bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Huddle Up starts right now. And welcome in. It's Wednesday, and it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, and John Ozier from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks in L.A., and we've got a lot to discuss going into Week 17. The Panthers and the Jaguars coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. Injury updates, including yet again the quarterback. And the AFC playoff race is red hot now with two weeks to go. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. John, good afternoon. How good are afternoon, you? JP. How are you? I'm well. Um, yep. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. It was I'm great. sure you did. It was great. Uh, Bucky, same to you. Uh, welcome back to work. Uh, thank you. Yeah, back to work. Back to work. Uh, it's 1 0 for the week. We're going to go 1 0 this week. You want to know this week? You better go want to know because um, if you don't, then the other teams have to lose for you to to be in the at the top of the heap again. So um, the, these are as must win as they come, Bucky. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, no matter what it looks like, we we're, we're still here. Uh, the look, the Colts and the Texans both did the Jags a favor by losing their games, and so now you have an opportunity to maybe by the end of the day wrap up the division as crazy as that would sound but a win and then two losses and it'd be over like i think looking at yeah. the playoff scenario like it's it's a wrap and so if you think about like all of that and you just say hey if we just focus in guys and, and just win the game that's in front of us uh good things are gonna happen because then with the tiebreakers and all that it just makes it very very likely that you can get into the postseason if you can just take care of your business yeah and uh they ought to do it uh, they're capable of doing it. If they play as well as they're capable, they should do it. I, but last week they didn't come close to that. I'm not one to say necessarily that uh, that game has to define the season. I don't think that game even really defines this losing streak, if you follow me, because the first three games in the losing streak, I sort of understood. Uh, Cincinnati's good. Cleveland's really good. Uh, Baltimore may be the best team in football. And you were tight with them late. It was a play or two here or there. And even the Ravens, you played them better than the 49ers did. Yeah, sure. And then, I, you know, JP, unfortunately for you, you have to read me every day. I, I don't know how to explain Sunday. And, and I don't necessarily uh, feel like there's a whole lot uh, to analyze, a whole lot of wiggle room. I, if they don't play with more urgency and to use Doug's word, they said after the game, pride on Sunday, they they won't win. So do it and let's stop talking about it. I mean, there's a lot of that in the locker room today, Bucky. I mean, I, yeah, what else can they say right. that they haven't said that they haven't been able to do already? So at some point, uh, put up or shut up. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But here, here's what I would say that is, is what's going on from – like a team perspective, when you lose games, you begin to lose confidence. And so when you start having these long streaks where you're now four in a row, uh, you begin to question and doubt everything that takes place. And so early in contest, if it doesn't go your way, you then uh, begin to think about, oh, here we go again. When is the other shoe going to drop? And so as 
look, and, and I've heard Doug say this and everybody else, like no one's going to save you. No one's going to stop you from this free-for-all. Like you have to kind of dig yourself out of it. And the only way that the Jags can really work their way out of this rut is really by focusing on one play at a time, then break it up into one quarter at a time, and then you try and get to the half and the next quarter and those things. But you got to break the game down to its smallest parts and just see if you can focus on stacking some positive outcomes in those small incremental areas. And then eventually it'll lead to a win. But look, I mean, this is as bad as it gets in terms of like just falling, but they can take solace in the fact that Man, a couple months ago, the Buffalo Bills were left for dead, and here they are uh, locked in. People are talking about they may be the best team in the AFC. You think about the San Francisco 49ers. They had lost three in a row before they faced us. The Philadelphia Eagles have lost three in a row. So every team that is in the tournament has had to deal with some kind of adversity. I mean, the Buccaneers had, had, had lost six of seven before they played us. And so it's just a matter of can you get out the snide? Can you learn the lessons that you need to learn from the losses and then make it uh, help you become a better team. Yeah, I. Uh, Bucky said something early, and that that uh, really resonated to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but f the first couple of drives Sunday, uh, get a lead, get some confidence. I think is critical. They haven't led since the end of the Cincinnati game, um, mm -hmm. and right now, first score for these other teams just feels like a gut punch that you're not going to get over. So I, I, I think early on on Sunday is absolutely critical. You know, I, I, I don't want to be taking notes in my notebook, JP, and have it be 10-0 Carolina because of some fluky play. Because, then, I mean, I, I thought for three months this was a really mentally tough team that sort of mm -hmm. scrapped and clawed and played hard. Uh, I, I'm not seeing that right now. So – I don't know that they can overcome a body blow early. I, I, I hope they prove me wrong, but right now this does not look like that sort of a team. So I think the first uh, quarter in this game is critical to get some confidence back. J.O., in, in, in thinking about that, like here's what I say is critical in all those games. And, and I think most of the streaks early on, we've missed an early field goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and I know they're long-distance field goals, but those misses, look, I, I think they send this, the team spiraling because – no one will outwardly say this, but man, when you begin to lose confidence in your kicker or you begin to like miss those opportunities, now you begin to doubt and question and you just wonder. So now you have offensive guys maybe pressing to do more and all of those things. And so you are right. A fast start would remedy a lot of the woes that are troubling the Jaguars right now. And so everyone needs to be more. Someone needs to, need to put it in the paint or Brandon McManus needs to knock it through the uprights. Tuttle up with Bucky Brooks. And, of course, the status of Trevor Lawrence is a, a huge storyline this week, as it has been for a lot of weeks as of late. AC joint sprain in his right throwing shoulder. Uh, was not out there today practicing. He was off to the side. Had a little, uh, the play wristband on. Uh, the old Tom Matty special, right? The, uh, the uh, wristband. And then um, was standing over there with the coaches off to the side, at least in the open time when we were out there. And, hey, they're just going to kind of wait and see how this goes day to day. And, um, you know, obviously not out there today. But it's been a banged up back half of the season from the knee to the high ankle sprain to the concussion going into last week. He's been able to go after all those, two of those on short weeks. But now this one just kind of, you know, AC joint sprain. I'm going to ask the – um, athletic trainer in the room, uh, Bucky Brooks. Mm. 
uh, mm-hmm. former player who I don't know if you've ever had an AC joint sprain. I'm going to guess you, oh. you might have. Oh, I, I, I have. And if I could, I won't disrobe for you guys. You would see it not on this shoulder <laughs> no, no. right here uh, from doing it multiple times. And I can tell you that it's extremely painful and it really hurts. And there's nothing that they can do. They can't give you a magic pill or uh, shoot it up or do anything like that to make the pain go away. Because when you land on it and you're crunched on it, like it hurts. It's one of the many ailments that Trevor Lawrence would have to deal with. The one thing that I, I, I wonder, um, at some point, he, he hasn't been able to practice because of all the injuries and those things. I do wonder if it gets to a point where maybe you sit him out for a game to let him kind of get back. So then he can come back, he can practice, and he can and, and, and play at, I won't say full strength, but at a, a, a better strength than just kind of like patching it together and playing. And I know when you look at both games and you say, hey, both games are going to be tough and they are going to be tough. I do wonder with Trevor being unable to practice and so many of the flaws and the, and the issues that the offense is having because of the lack of continuity, how much does his absence from practice kind of continue the disruption that they have in terms of being on the same page and the miscommunications? You yeah, know, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's been the theme I've been hitting all week. I, I The only way I could see him not playing is if he can't, if he can't practice tomorrow – and they go in another week, JP, with, you know, it was a DNP last week, th- uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then very limited Friday. Uh, the way it's gone the last two games when he hasn't practiced, uh, that gives me pause. I mean, I, he's your best chance to win, et cetera. But I don't necessarily know that it's all Trevor Lawrence, but the fact that he isn't practicing – is that what's causing the receivers not to be picking up some things in that offense, just that continuity thing? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's any way to know, but that does – it feels m- to me like it's maybe more a chance of him not playing than it has been so far. When I say that, obviously, the, last week the, with the concussion was big too, but I think it's really dicey. Well, it's a throwing shoulder. I mean, let's, let's be yeah. honest with you, Bucky. I mean, that's if he can't throw the ball effectively, you know, he's having all this stuff anyway. I mean, you, you, all of a sudden you can't throw it, then you really can't operate the offense. And, and then the risk of further injury with this thing. You don't want that at all. However, the other balance, Bucky, to your point, is is a 75% Trevor Lawrence your best chance to win at quarterback? <laughs> I mean, so look, I, I, I can understand why you have to like suit him up and push him to play because you haven't been able to do anything uh, on the other side. Like if you if, if you could tell me that, hey, the offense is going to be okay because you can run the football for 150 yards and that's going to be enough to uh, provide C.J. Beathard with enough balance that he doesn't have to win it on his own. Yeah, it makes sense to sit Trevor. But right now, man, it's, it's been bad. It's been uh, no movement on the running game. You haven't been able to run it. You haven't throw it every down. When you throw it every down, you don't have enough protection to be able to push it down the field. So it's a lot of screens and short things. And uh, it's tough because right now there have been so many injuries and and, and so like the revolving door everywhere at all the positions. It's just hard to hang your hat on anything if you're the Jaguar. So, yeah, with all that in mind, yeah, having Trevor play. Lost Bucky there, John. He just, he just Bucky's no, out. No, but so what are your thoughts on that, John? Um, well, I think we're sitting here watching highlights where 
they streamed past and Cole Van Lannan and Tim Jones were both in the picture. Right. Not a knock on those two, but they're deep in the depth chart. So I think Bucky's point is exactly right. You know, so much of that uh, continuity flow, whatever has been gone. I, I you know, um, the lack of continuity in practice and the practice performance or the game performance post non-practicing is the X factor. I don't, I, I don't think Doug would, would ever tell you they have a better chance to win with CJ Beathard in the game. Um, except if there are just no reps and no flow at all from Trevor going into the game, then I think he might consider, is this a week where we have to say, you just haven't practiced enough. And we've seen that. Um, I don't, know that that's a given that that's the case but i think it has to be considered all right guys let's come back in a moment we'll get into the carolina panthers they're coming to town a little bit of confidence maybe they got nothing to lose and they're playing a little better football we'll get to them coming up in a minute bootleggers get ready luke combs is bringing two nights of the growing up and getting old tour to the bank may 3rd and 4th Different special guests each night. Tickets on sale now at EverbankStadium.com. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. I think I've been blessed to where I do get a little, you know, quicker maybe than some people. Um, and then just, you know, our training staff does a great job, our medical team. I think we have great plans for coming back and, you know, being able to get back quickly. I think they've done a great job of just, you know, taking me through different protocols and strengthening, whatever it is, treatment, strengthening, all those things to stay on top of it. Um, I think that's part of it too, is preparing your body a certain way to where you limit injuries, but when they do come up, you kind of minimize them. So I think it's a mixture of all those things. That's the quarterback Trevor Lawrence earlier today. Welcome back. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks continues on this Wednesday. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher in Jacksonville with the Miller Electric Center in the Hyundai Studios. Bucky Brooks in Los Angeles. A full press conference from uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, yesterday, at least, from head coach Doug Peterson and the coordinators today, Press Taylor and Mike Caldwell, available at Jaguars.com or the Jaguars YouTube channel. And the final home game of the regular season is coming up. This Sunday, December 31st, it's the fan appreciation game. Go to jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. The Jaguars and the Panthers. And now, Bucky, back-to-back weeks of former number one overall picks going at it. Of course, Bryce Young on the other side this week. He was the number one overall pick this year. The Panthers traded away a bunch to get up there. And, um, you know, John, he's... You know, he's had a rough year, and, and Trevor talked about it today a little bit. Hey, yeah, it kind of mirrors what I had to go through, Trevor being I, um, in 2021, and just keep at it and keep fighting, and that's what Bryce Young feels like he's done. They got a win a couple weeks ago in the nasty conditions against the Falcons and played the Packers hard last week, too. Yeah, you start seeing things like that, and it, and obviously, it obviously calls to mind in Trevor's rookie season – a lot went wrong, and then that team kept fighting under Daryl Bevel, and uh, blew out the Colts in the last regular season game on the you know at home. And Trevor played really well and sort of gave us a glimpse of what we all sort of knew he could be. Uh, so um, that's what you don't want to see Sunday. That's I mean, right. I, I, no. I, I'm not trying to make light of it, but uh, talented kid and a team in Carolina that uh, you know they're not 
thinking that this is the core of what they're going to be. There's going to be changes in the offseason. But they seem to be sort of taking that uh, replacements camaraderie approach, if you will, where they're playing for the now, they're having fun. Uh, not calling these guys replacements, but you, but you know what I'm getting at. There's nothing to play for. But they sort of seem like they're playing for each other, playing loose, having fun, and that makes a team dangerous. It's another reason why the lead is so important on Sunday because a team like that, uh, if you get up on them, you start seeing a lot of slumped shoulders. Okay, well, forget it. If they get up on you, then they look at each other and say, well, we're here anyway. Yeah, Let's right. go ahead and win. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, and uh, Bucky can speak to that more, but I do believe in late-season games – the team that is is playing for something, uh, I always believe has a has a big advantage, motivation, et cetera. Uh, but if that other team has hope, then all of a sudden they just start throwing caution to the wind, and you know, then anything can happen in that game. Uh, you know, Bryce Young, uh, number one overall pick out of Alabama, and uh, you know he's been beat up and and run around and. Now starting to find his way a little bit here in this uh, later in the season. Two and twelve record this year, of course, for Carolina. But uh, approaching three thousand yards for the season hasn't thrown many touchdowns. Eleven touchdowns, nine picks this year for Young. And see if the Jags defense can get to him. If the Jags defense doesn't get to him, he can stand back there and pick you apart. He's got that kind of talent and arm talent to be able to do that and patience. If he has a clean pocket, which many quarterbacks can do, but him more than most. Well, against rookie quarterbacks, you want to create avalanches in doubt, meaning avalanches of pressure where you have a couple of series where that doubt rolls in. You get pressure, you get a couple of turnovers, and, and you separate. He's a talented kid. If you don't separate from him, he's capable of making plays at the end of the game to win. Uh, this is. I thought Doug Peterson really said it best when he talked about this on, on Tuesday. The things that this team has to do are so simple. Stop turning the ball over. Tackle well. Those two things should create game situations where they get to their other strength, which is takeaways. Uh, it plays into this being a Jaguars win if they do the things that they've been strong at all season. Uh, I, I have to assume in that sense – that the Buccaneers game was a was a one-off and this team will play well because I think they've played well in spots this year that they didn't play well on Sunday, even taking the, the losing streak into consideration. Um, Sunday was so bad that I just can't believe they won't play better than that. If they play better than that, then I think they do stop the run against a Carolina team you should be able to stop the run against and then create turnovers, Bucky. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, oh, there is. I, yeah, I, I, I would say this going all the way back to the Buccaneers game. I think the Buccaneers game, uh, if you really look at the tape, you look at it from the defense standpoint, they didn't play nearly as bad as it's portrayed. The turnovers really crushed them early in the game. They kind of had it the way they wanted it in terms of letting them have the yards, but playing good red zone defense. They did that the first couple of times down and they were having success. They had an unfortunate penalty on Andre Cisco that extended the drive. They missed some tackles in critical moments that allowed the Buccaneers to convert and sustain some drives. But if they take a similar approach against the Carolina Panthers, they should have success. The thing that the Panthers don't have is they don't have big uh, time wideouts on the outside. Adam Steenland is a good player, but he's not Mike Evans. He's not Chris Godwin. He can hurt you, but he hurts you in a different way. They should be able to cover them. I think of all the weeks 
where we talk about simplifying and really being able to just kind of hey, make the plan easy, <clears throat> this should be a very basic game plan for Mike Caldwell. Allow your guys to play fast, <clears throat> focus on the, getting to the ball, making good tackles and doing that stuff. <clears throat> if you do that, you may have a chance to win. What do you how like about Bright? One, how much would one early turnover this week help JP? Oh, huge! I mean, they haven't they haven't had that. In front, just kind of changes. And they had a couple weeks ago. They had turnovers earlier in the game, and yeah. the offense just couldn't do anything with them. Right. And Sunday was one of the most uncomplimentary games I've seen in a long time. You know, you know about complimentary football. Not only did they have turnovers. But then the Jaguars' defense followed that by having three tough series right after the turnovers. Didn't get those stops that you're sort of helping a guy out. So uh, you talk about playing, playing complimentary football. That felt like sort of the opposite to me. Hmm. Hey, um, you like Bryce, though? You like Bryce Young, Bucky? <laughs> um, look, I, I think he has a chance to be a really good player. The only concern that I had going in when you talk about like being number one overall is when we see him in real time this week. He is noticeably smaller than any other quarterback that we've seen in the position. He's smaller, he's slender. Um, and so you just worry how that's going to play out over long term. In terms of the moxie, the talent, the intelligence, he has all of those things. This is a week that I am sure on the defensive part of the practice field, they're working on getting their hands up to see if they can bat some passes down. You want to make sure that he has to see through the trees and see if you can maybe force him into some turnovers just on a deflected pass or an errant throw that he has to throw too high because he can't get it over the, the guys in front of him. Uh, he's a good player. He doesn't have enough around him to fully utilize his skills. Um, but that's Carolina's problem. The Jaguars need to win. They need to find a way to kind of make him uncomfortable, see if they can uh, force him into some mistakes. 5'10", 204. Same size as Kyler Murray. That's a generous That's a generous 204. <laughs> yeah. That's a very generous 204. Yeah. That's That's – that's me going to take my physical and say, hey, no, nah, Doc, I'm still in my playing way. <laughs> not, <laughs> not quite, huh? Hey, uh, we're back in a moment. Plenty more ahead of this Panthers-Jaguars matchup. And Jags fans want customized Jags furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. You get in situations like that where where you feel or you come away with uh, you know a, a feeling that that um, you know a team you know they, they were they were playing for the same things that we were playing for right and and they they did everything they needed to do to win the game and, and we didn't uh, but yeah you 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 know you lean on the, the leadership council the leaders of your team um, lean on the coaches uh, more and um, you know just just lock in and focus uh, during the week and, and prepare for another game uh, this Sunday. That's head coach Doug Peterson yesterday on a Zoom call with the media. And this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and, yeah, Bucky Brooks with us. Ahead of week 17. Amazing. It's come this far, and here we are with two weeks to go. The Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers coming up. And, yeah, it just felt like – and we we saw – you know how this is, Bucky, and you're there close to it on the sideline during the game. And – of course, you're you're talking to Doug Peterson after the game on the radio and in our post game show and, and all that. You you hear a just dejection and a loss and trying to figure some things out. And then that was on Tuesday. That was two days later. And um, 
still kind of standing by a lot of the things that came out post game uh, from that performance and you know uh, the the process maybe doesn't change a whole lot you still have to go through and and do the work that's needed every day to get right and ready but um at some point the result has to change and he he, he can only take it so far he can't walk out onto the field and play it no he can't walk out on the field and play it for them but i mean everybody is responsible for it when your team doesn't win just like everybody's responsible for you know, contributing when the team wins the thing about it when you're losing like what coaches and players can do is they can't get to pointing the finger and playing the blame game. As much as the players are responsible for the lackluster effort, not taking care of the ball, the pre-snap penalties and blown coverages, all those other things, coaches also have to examine, did we give our guys the best plan? What can our guys do? Are we doing too much? Are we really playing to the strengths of the team that we have in front of us as opposed to the ideal picture that we had and how we thought we were going to play going in? You know, and sometimes you have to adapt and adjust to your personnel. Um, it's a situ- look, we're at a critical juncture of the season where they have to find a way to win by any means necessary. That urgency should not only exist in the locker room, but it has to exist in the meeting rooms uh, around the building with the coaches. Everybody has to do whatever it takes to win, and whether that's sitting people down, whether that's cutting the plan, expanding the plan, or whatever. You just got to make sure that you're doing the right things to give your team the best chance to have success on Sunday. Yeah, and and I hope uh, – I think they will. But I hope there's a realization about how, uh, how rare this opportunity is. You, you know, you've, yes, you've lost four, but this team hasn't won back-to-back division titles since 1999 and 98. These uh, guys weren't born yet. Yeah, so yeah. The, there is still – not only that, but how you're remembered after a season uh, – this season doesn't have to be remembered for this past month yet. You go out and you win your last two. You perform to a level that you were really performing at even as recently as Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, let's not forget they were within a touchdown at the end of tying Cleveland that might be one of the best three or four teams in the league right now. Uh, Baltimore is really good. You know, so, so, so These teams that you were just barely losing to uh, – you can compete with those teams if you play at the level that you were competing, uh, and you can have this season be remembered as one of back-to-back division title seasons if you come out and you play your game. There shouldn't be any reason for lack of motivation this week. This is still a chance to make history and be a part of something special. You know who would have an idea of that more than most on this team is Cam Robinson, who is back, going to probably apparently be back this week. He talked in the locker room today like he was going to be back, and that's a good sign. So he's been at this. He's one of the most uh, tenured players on this roster and has been with the Jaguars for the duration of it. And he's been on two different playoff teams for the Jaguars. Uh, One is a rookie in 2017, and then, of course, last year. So – He's seen a lot of lows. He's seen a lot of highs. And I think his attitude and what he kind of brings to the table, can he do it all by himself? No. But maybe he can set the tone a different way up front, John. And, yeah, well, having and, a guy like him back matters. Uh, they're just a better running team with him in the game. I mean, five, mm-hmm. I think it's five straight games under, under 100 yards where it feels like there's just, just nothing there. Um, I don't – it's hard to imagine Cam just sort of accepting that. That's not really his right. MO. So 
maybe that does give him something, Bucky. I mean, I, I was asked today who they miss more, Christian Kirk or Cam Robinson. I would sort of side with Christian, but that doesn't mean you can't miss them both. Yeah, no, I mean, they do miss them both. I will say, like, having been on the field and, and kind of watching interactions, Cam is 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 probably the, the most feisty of them all. Um, he's feisty and still can play. I mean, Brandon Sheriff is scrappy, but it's a different uh, feistiness and confidence that comes when Cam is on the field. And, you know, putting Cam at his natural position at left tackle and being able to reset the offensive line where maybe we'll see the, the five that we expected to start start. Um, that look that'll do wonders for it because if the offensive line can just play with a little uh, chemistry and cohesion, if they can just kind of win their battles, it makes it easier for everybody else to win the battles. But too often this season, it's been a lot of leakage at the point of attack in the run game and in the passing game, and that's really prevented everybody else from being able to be at their best. Remember early in the season, Cam Robinson was suspended for four games. We're like, oh, you know, he may not. Is he going to move into left guard? What's going to happen mm-hmm. when he comes back? And, you know, there was all these questions. Well, then he came back. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's why. Well, that's why he's the left tackle. When guys start for a long time at premium positions and they're seven-year veterans, uh, even all the people last offseason are like, well, uh, would you not start uh, – well, maybe they just don't start Cam when he comes back. They're going to move on anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Be careful uh, taking really good players for granted. And yes. he's a really good player. That yeah. is that is a that is a wise observation. Every once in a uh, while, but like like no, because I, <laughs> I I think there is maybe a little lack of appreciation for what Cam brings. You're right. You don't start in this league for six seven years at a premier position without being a really good player. He is a really good player, which is why they were willing to pay him what they paid him in the past. And when he comes back, we should see a, a notable difference in the way this unit performs. And it matters because the toughness, the swagger, all of that stuff he brings. It's lacking. It's lacking up front. Watching how he is the natural leader of that group, uh, yeah, his, his absence uh, has been felt. Yeah, and guess what? The quarterback's banged up for now a fourth time this season, and maybe the millions of dollars at the left tackle position are well worth it to keep that guy clean as well. It's a lot going on. Uh, we're back in a moment. We'll take a look at the AFC playoff race. Pro Bowl voting is uh, now shut down. December 25th was the last day. If you didn't get it in, too late. Santa Claus has come and gone. So is your chance to vote. So we'll see if the Jaguars get some guys in there. The uh, Pro Bowl games back in Orlando this year. Go to jaguars.com slash Pro Bowl for the latest. And this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. The one thing that I, I, I know um, being around this league, look, Everybody wants to point the finger somewhere. And, and, you know, we've got to do a better job at taking care of the football. It's not about the plays. It's not about all the, you know, we've got to tackle better and we got to take care of the football. Bottom line, we do those two things. Those give us a chance to win football games. If we don't, then then we're going to be sitting here, you know, uh, talking about this again. So um, to me, that's that's the, the, the glaring the glaring differences right now between between winning and losing. That is the head coach, Doug Peterson, asked about maybe shake some things up the last couple weeks, including taking some play calling back. And he had a little pause and then got into that answer yesterday. And this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury 
fieldsauto.com. And, John, that's about as clear as you'll uh, hear the coach kind of lay it out there. It's um, execution on the field, not necessarily what's going on upstairs. Yeah, and I get that everybody wants to talk about play calling, and it's uh, it, it's always the easy target. I still maintain – I don't know that there's that much of a difference between this year and last year. This was not a, a the most consistent offensive team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I always go back to they scored one touchdown, the biggest game of the year offensively. I mean, it, it's it's uh, hasn't improved, but I see more uh, the lack of a running game. Uh, at, as Bucky alluded to earlier, when you can't run. Uh, it dwarfs what you can do in the passing game, and then you're turning the ball over and you're not making tackles. I, I um, we said it for a month. Stop giving stuff away and see if you can win the game doing that way. Yeah. And I, 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 maybe Bucky feels differently about that, but I think that's what it is. We're uh, we've if we've lost, lost Bucky, we've lost okay. Bucky for a moment. We'll try to get back to. Well, we'll never know if he yeah, we'll, got me. Oh, hey, okay, we got right. you now, Thanks, Bucky. Man. Yeah. So yeah. We, I don't know if you heard all that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I heard I heard John's take, and, he, and he's right. It's so funny because I feel like we've been talking about the same issues like yeah. all year about just, hey, let's just avoid like the, the, the silly stuff. If you can handle the things that you can control, make it, let's just see if the other team can beat you. And we still haven't been able to get that despite Doug talking about it, the players talking about it over and over and over again. But in theory, if we're able to do that, if we just line up, play, make sure at the end of the play, whoever has the ball hands the ball to the ref, um, it doesn't go to the other team. That is that is success. And, you know, I, I can't really figure out because we had high hopes for this offense. But, look, the offense is what the offense is. And some of the problems are due to the offensive line. Some is due to the ever-changing cast of playmakers on the perimeter. Regardless of what it is, whoever touches the ball has to make sure that they don't. Oh, we lost Bucky. Lost we'll, Bucky. Uh, it's okay. uh, yeah. I'd... Hey, let's uh, let's get into the AFC playoff race. It is as tight as can be New right now. The uh, Baltimore Ravens at number one, twelve and three. Miami eleven and four. The number two seed. Both have clinched a playoff berth. Kansas City at three, at nine and six. The Jaguars still at four, at eight and seven. And then the wild card teams: the Browns at ten and five, the Bills nine and six, the Colts at eight and seven. And there are a bunch of other teams at eight and seven: Houston, Pittsburgh, Cincy, all eight and seven. Vegas and Denver on the outside looking in, but they're seven and eight. And Denver's changing the quarterback, so we'll see what happens there. But hey, you know this could go the best case scenario, and we've talked about it: Jags win, both the Texans and Colts lose this week. Jaguars win the division; they're in the playoffs. It's done, and it's irrelevant what happens really in Week 18. Yeah, for, well, in the, the other the scenario worst there is that you miss the playoffs altogether. Yeah, which which easily could happen if you lose out. So, um, the the scenario for the Jaguars, and I I've written it a lot too. They can clinch on Sunday. Their scenario is: look, we played poorly. We can still win the division if we win two games against two teams right now that both have ten or more losses. Go win the games that you you clearly feel like you ought to win, and that's not saying anything bad about those teams. But you know, if you were looking uh, at the Seahawks right now, for example, a team that we don't cover, and they were eight and seven with games against a two and thirteen team and a five and ten team, take the names off. That's right. You would you would say that team ought to go do it. They're in great shape. Take advantage of what you earned earlier in the season. You earned being here. 
you've played bad, but a lot of teams have played bad this year. The, you know, there's been a lot of three and four game losing streaks. Make this the end of yours and go do what you ought to do. Go do what you're paid to do. Go do what you're capable of doing uh, and not worry about the scenarios so much. You may not clinch. I, I doubt they clinch on Sunday. I think one of those two teams will win. Convince yourself you get two more games to play and go play the way you are uh, capable of playing. Get back to it and uh, play with urgency. I, I know Doug talked about it Sunday. didn't talk as much Tuesday. But play like a team that has something at stake because you do. Absolutely. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> Pound the table. Yeah. You're right. It's true. Uh, Titans at the Texans, by the way, and the Raiders are at the Colts. Both those games also at 1 o'clock. So there'll be some scoreboard watching to be done on the scoreboard updates during the game, Bucky. A lot happening. Yeah, yeah a lot going on. Uh, this is one where you just need to kind of lock in. You can't worry about all the other stuff. Uh, the best case scenario is you just got to focus on winning this game. You win this game, it gives you a chance uh, to get to the last week of the season. Uh, needing to win. I mean, you, you can do it, but you just never know how it's going to play out. So if you take care of business with the Carolina Panthers, you're right. It may be done. It may be donezo. It may be uh, a hat and t-shirt night and everything is well. And all the stuff that we've talked about for the last month kind of disappears temporarily as you celebrate something that hasn't happened in Jacksonville a long time. You talk about back-to-back division titles. So it's still a great opportunity for the Jags uh, to still accomplish all the things that they have in front of them. Yeah, I guess as somebody, JP, who's been around this a lot of years, and you have too, um, as bad as it's been, we've seen so much worse. Correct. That's just to say you are still in first place. And first place in December around here has been an elusive target, if you will. So uh, hopefully they can sort of set – the bad taste in their mouth aside, realize that and and realize that as as earlier in the show, I've been I've been hitting it all week. Not much more to say except the fact that you've you've got a chance to play for history and to get into the playoffs. And maybe you feel bad about the last month, but but you can reset your narrative, and they're capable of doing it. It's not like you're playing the Ravens and the 49ers these last two weeks. Right. These are games that you ought to be able to go win. Go win them. Go win them. Bucky, uh, have a great week. That'll do it for our uh, program today. We'll talk to you on Sunday here at the bank. It should be a lot of fun. I think so. That's Bucky Brooks. That's John Ozier. All right, JP. Thanks to David Cho, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, and our entire crew for uh, getting us ready for this program today. Nick Cortez on the graphics. Thanks to you for watching. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks.